You're listening to Lights Out, where we'll talk about all things Formula One. From racecraft and strategy, to politics on and off the grid, and just about everything else in between. This is our call to the girls, gays, and theys who might have never considered themselves sporty, that now is the time to get into sports. Or at least this sport. And to the guys, welcome to the ladies' locker room. We're your hosts. I'm Kate. My name is Kennedy. And with that... I would like to say uh, this is the first race that really, even though it didn't have spectators, this felt like the 2019 season for me. If no other reason, then I had to get up too early and I was hungover. Yes, yes. As as the world um, is moving on and, and doing their best to return back to quote unquote normal, so too have Kate and I's <laughs> Sunday and day of hangover. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. We're definitely heading back to our previous normal, Kennedy yeah. and I. Oh, yeah. Which mostly entails going to bed way too late Saturday night and looking at my phone and being like, oh, fuck. I, Baku I'm starts at 8 a.m. Like, no. I put in my bagel order last night. Like, I set that shit for pickup last night because I was like I know I'm gonna need it and I know that I'm not gonna want to wait for it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yesterday I had like planned this day a couple weeks ago to hang out with with some friends um and with this particular group of friends we have we get up to a lot of fun um (laughs) (laughs) but everyone was like oh so what's the move what's the plan for you know the evening and I was like well um, I made a commitment and I have to be <laughs> up at 8 a.m. to watch a Formula One race. And everyone's like, why? Jeez. Like, and I was like, um, so it's a passion project of mine and I've made a commitment to this and it's not just me. It's other people that are involved and I need to be responsible. I'm not the 2019 girl that you once knew. Um, and so, so last night I got home at midnight. Um, and I sent a text message to Kate with with a bag of McDonald's, and I sent a message to Kate and Soph, and I said, sharing that I just got home from drinking all day. I'd like to think that I will wake up on time for tomorrow's race, but to be honest, I may oversleep. But I will text the group when I've risen. To which, at seven forty-seven this morning, I wrote, "I have risen." <laughs> Thank God, because honestly, the like 42 glasses of water and like two cups of peppermint tea I drank to hydrate myself (laughs) (laughs) after drinking seltzers all day (laughs) and tequila for some reason. Um, I'm proud. Yeah, I I also when I actually like got up, got up. Yeah, the first thing I had to do was go pick up said bagels that I had ordered the night before. Um, and we're in the midst of a heat wave in New York City right now. As are we in D.C. Yeah. At at 7.42 a.m. when I left the house to pick up the bagels, it was already hot and sticky. Like, instantaneously. And I was like, oh boy. Um, which also sets the tone for the fact that for recording purposes, we cannot have air conditioning on. Oh, so- I turned mine off. Hold on. 
Shame, shame, shame. Finish with But yeah, for for recording purposes, we cannot have AC on. So I did shower immediately before this, like in hopes that the wet hair dripping down my back will keep me cool. Uh, but by the end of this recording session, I have no doubt I will be sticky once more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's just really, you know what? It's just how it's going to be for the rest of the summer. It's not going to get better. Oh, <laughs> producer so Soap does have a spread. I feel like a bad cat. <laughs> like a cat that misbehaved. No. Um, last night, the, the dress that I decided to wear had like... It's not real sleeves, but you know, like the sleeves that it's like a very light, it's rayon or something like fabric. When I tell you that I was on fire oh, the entire God. evening because I wanted to commit to my look, uh-huh. um, the number of times that I kept saying, somebody call 911, shawty, 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 on the dance floor. Um, because I literally like from top to toes like was my body was on fire (laughs) yeah no this is this is the return this is we're entering a new era we're entering a new era days we're we're Baku to the good old days Baku to the good old days backstreets Baku I've been trying to think of Baku puns all day for the uh, episode title card I don't have the right one yet mentally, but I'm getting there. I think Baku to the good old days is, is pretty good. Oh, yeah, so she's that would like be cute. Herself. This is lovely. Does it work? Ooh. Mm. It feels like I walked into a toothpaste factory. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're brushing your teeth and you accidentally get a little bit on the chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the vibe, honestly. It's just like that level of smell of like after you have brushed your teeth and you like get some, but you don't have time to change before you leave the house. So you just like wipe it off and you're like, it'll be fine. And then you can just smell mm. toothpaste for the mm. rest of the day. Or it leaves that weird stain. That it's not really past. a stain, but nothing you do can like lift it in a moment. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Okay. Hold on. No, I have a question. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> the last time we recorded, yeah, we were listening to a song, yeah, that was obviously very funny, and I can only hear. So we record in different areas. So I record in the DC area, Kate, and uh, so we're based in the New York area. So like they're we're separate. So I can't hear what's going on on their side, Zoom wise. <laughs> we were dancing to Mood. Uh huh. <laughs> And then there was a car horn. Was that real? <laughs> was that why you guys were laughing? I had no idea until I saw Soph post this TikTok on her account. Where she, it was just like the woes of recording. But I'm like sitting here like totally jamming out. <laughs> and you guys are just like dying of laughter over there. Hey girls, want to talk about the race? Baku to the good times. Good times, good hangs. Yes. I would first of all like to say that I'm going to take my manifestations as basically two thirds coming true. Oh, yeah. Like, like, I mean, Checo did win the race, but like I was pretty close with like Red Bull and Mercedes in the back half of the grid by the end of the race. (laughs) And like, though I did not see my George Russell podium, 
my uh, Giovinazzi podium, which was mostly just like I wanted someone chaotic that nobody would have expected to podium to podium. And I got that in Seb Vettel, I think. So I was jazzed. This week, Kate, myself, and Soph decided to pull together some manifestations and predictions for what we wanted to see during the Baku race. Simply because I think I think the the energy here is quite powerful on the lights out pod. I think, you know, <laughs> we speak Formula One lessons. Yeah, we are I would say we are both influencers and change makers for the sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. My manifestations of um Kimi Raikkonen in Baku was for him. He kicked kicked it up a notch today. I feel like that's that, true. Like he was true. in the points, I believe, by the end. Yes, he was. This is his first points of this season. Wow. Um, additionally, Valtteri Botas, he finished the race. So he did that, finish the race. <laughs> he might have know. wished he didn't, though, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Half of my Nikita Pass <laughs> <laughs> um, wish came true, in which he didn't crash out of the race. But he did, he did spin out, but he recovered simply because we wanted a safety car in this, in this track. And I just felt like he was the uh, designated person to do that. Yeah, I mean, he's usually a solid bet, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) to be honest. He's usually a solid bet. We did get our safety cars, um, which was, I guess, okay, we can take a step back. And also RIP to Sophie trying to edit this. Sorry. Baku. To me, by far the best race of the season by so far. I would agree with this statement. Like, Bahrain, I think, was good. Like, our first two races were really fairly good. Like, they were fun. Like, some weird stuff happened. But this one was just, like, wall-to-wall chaos. There's a lot um, of action. And super fun. Just so fun to watch. Absolutely. I think, especially after... You know, we had the spectacle of Monaco, but Monaco itself, the race was not like extremely exciting. And then we had Barcelona before that. Again, it was a race. So to have Baku, you know, kind of like give us a bit of a show was awesome. It kept me, me and my hungover brain very engaged the entire time. (laughs) So (laughs) I, yeah, I would say, you know, for an 8 a.m., race Mm, this was a good one this was this really made it worth it to be up uh and in suffering the way that i was Mm. i was like you know what i am doing this for you pierre gasly only you pierre (laughs) gasly just for pierre he i feel like he knows when we we aren't as you know supportive from me yeah he he gets it i think he can sense energy in in the the universe yeah yeah um (laughs) Speaking of Pierre Gasly, <laughs> I mean, I really appreciate the fact that he's passed on the backwards cap nature to his teammate Yuki Sonoda as well. And I yeah. think Alfatari oh, yeah. is doing a really great job with that. And I think that's what brought it home for them today. Yeah, I think Alfatari would love to see which PR memo it was that was like, you know what, from now on, I think we're a backwards cap team, mm-hmm. actually. So if you guys can just rotate that 180 degrees, mm-hmm. uh, that would be great. Like, I just, and you know what? It's working for them. It's working for them. They have two cars in the points this week. I'm just saying, is it the backwards cap? Probably. I Yeah, I mean, I like to think nothing does it better for me than a backwards cap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? It makes it easier for the cap to stay on. Absolutely. The cap <laughs> stays on. 
<laughs> but yeah, this race, it was just so fun. So uh, to backtrack again a little bit, what a week this has been in terms of there's been excitement basically at every session this weekend, honestly, including media day, mm-hmm. um, media day, because Valtteri Botas uh, missed media day. He did because <laughs> he got stuck at the airport due to um, some issues with his plane. So he had to essentially tune in via Zoom which I think in this day and age, we're accustomed to reporters, you know, tuning in via Zoom to press conferences and media day, but not necessarily the drivers. They're not, you know, sitting at home doing the nine to five like this. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, that was um, an interesting facet of media day. Free practices. I mean, like free practice is always an area where you might expect to see like crashes and like weirdness because everybody's just testing out like what they can do on this circuit, et cetera. But this was like a particularly pretty spicy set of free practices, followed by a very spicy triple red flagged qualifying, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was like the first time that's, it equals the record for the most red flags in any qualifying session of any race. Yeah. I mean, Baku and that, that track is a, is a beast resulting in Mr. Carlos Sainz losing position and get receiving a penalty for, for a crash of his during the session, which resulted in his teammate getting pole position for the weekend. So, Speaking of pole position, good old Chuck LeClerc. Chuck. He had a good weekend, but not a great weekend, I feel like. I would agree with that. It was, it was good, not great. It was like a little bit of Monaco redemption for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he finished fourth. To be fair, a close fourth. Very close fourth. A very close fourth. But were it not for some other disasters, he would have been like fifth or sixth. Definitely. Yeah. I, I definitely think his day was very circumstantial. Yeah. And honestly, so was... Really, all of our podium sitters, other than probably Checo Perez, who I think would have would have been somewhere on the podium regardless. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a lucky day for Sebastian Vettel and a lucky day for Pierre Gasly that we had not one but two tire failures over the course of this race, as well as a fairly mysterious disaster for Lewis with two laps to go mm-hmm. to the end. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think Pirelli is definitely going to be getting a talking to from the FIA as a result of um, just a lot of, a lot of tire issues, not just with specific people, but multiple teams having to, to cycle through the the sets that they had. I mean, we saw Lance Stroll crash out and have to have a safety car come out. And then additionally, Max Verstappen, which it seemed like it was out of nowhere, did he have an issue with his tire and go into the wall? He took like a, a 200 mile an hour hit. Like that was that was rough. Both both cars were really rough, but Max's resulted in a complete red flag and a true race restart. Yeah, I, I don't really know exactly what was going on. I do know that the PSI was higher today than it was on Friday during their free practices, which likely could have had something to do with it. But that's definitely something we're going to be seeing more of throughout this this season as 
sort of Pirelli as the, the tire provider for Formula One has to sort out what they need to do to rectify this. And it's worth pointing out, the drivers and the teams hate the 2021 tires to begin with. Mm -hmm. They're differently structured than the old tires. Pirelli made the argument that because Formula One cars continue to get heavier, larger, and go faster, that they needed to change the tire compounds and change some of the construction of the tires themselves to make them heavier, to make them more durable, etc. But as a result, they drive fairly differently from previous season tires. So there was like a lot of complaints prior to the season starting that people didn't like the tires. And then, you know, throughout the season, we've heard a lot. You always hear a lot about tires in any given race because like tire preservation and tire management is a huge component of the sport. But particularly, we've also heard complaints that just like literally the tires themselves and the new compounds are not to the satisfaction of the drivers, as well as this, the tire compounds that were available for Baku are softer than they've ever run at Baku before. The hardest compound tire this weekend was the medium compound in 2019 when they did the same race. So theoretically, Pirelli said, you know, that that both of these tires, that it does appear that they were tire failures, were well within the spec for what should have been fine for how long a team could have run a hard tire. But yeah, I mean, we'll see potentially that increased PSI pounds per square inch, the pressure, the increased tire pressure from earlier in the week to the race maybe played a a part, but it's looking like for both of those teams, for both Aston Martin and Red Bull, that it wasn't tire punctures because they would get on their sensors. They would have known that even if it's a puncture that, result in an immediate failure they have sensor warnings that tell them that and when we heard the message between the red bull pit wall and the fia or the race director michael massey they were saying like we had no when when max's tire went they said we had no warning whatsoever not a single sensor before it went which is actually what caused them to red flag the race this time after Max's uh, tire failure, as opposed to after Lance's when it was just a yellow flag and a safety car. And even when they red flagged, they made everyone switch out their tires before they restarted the race. Granted, there were only like two laps left, but as a measure of safety to ensure that everyone was on the same footing when it came to the tires themselves, they just had to swap them out. Let's see, I'm trying to figure out how to ask the question. So like, why does Pirelli provide the tires for all of the cars as opposed to, you know, how they all have different engines, they all source their parts differently? Why are the tires the, like, common denominator? Great question. Because they need to be able to regulate what types of tires you can use and how many you have available to you at any given time. But also I think it's just one of those things where a company wins the contract for the sport to provide that. Because for a long time in F1 back in the day, it was like Firestone tires for a lot of years. And I think at one point, maybe Michelin even did the F1 tires. But yeah, it's been Pirelli for a while now. I think it's also because, to be honest, the teams don't have any money. Like there's there's no planning in place for them to be able to develop tires themselves. And... You need to equalize some parts of the sport. Mm -hmm. Then if Mercedes also has better tires than everybody else, in addition to a better power unit and better arrows, 
then it's like, okay, yeah, they're going to fucking win every single race. Like it's not, it's not competitive anymore. Yeah. It just, it, it just levels, um, one element of the playing field. And I think it also like helps probably the FIA in comparison of like from car to car and wear and tear on the tires, like the sensors and things. I mean, for Max, like they didn't have any warning, but knowing that they were able to take measures to prevent or correct something because they they all are on the same kind of foundational base, if that makes sense. And also because if they all had different tires, it would also increase the work for the FIA because the FIA would have to then figure out how to regulate. Because right now there's like what temperatures the tires can be, how long you can blanket the tires before... Like, like there's a lot of regulation that goes into it. And if all the teams had different tires, then the FIA would be responsible for monitoring all of those things. And I think they just don't have the infrastructure to do that. That makes sense. Is there any other part that is as across the board sourced like that? The safety gear is all made by the same company for the most part. Yeah. I mean, like some, like the visors in particular are like different, but... Like the the racing all in ones, like the suits I think, themselves, yeah, yeah. This the like the fire retardant suits themselves. I think are all made by the same company. Thank you, Kate, for answering my question. I do want to steer us back to some of your favorite moments from the race today. Uh, let's talk about the good stuff. We had a couple great, uh, you know, safety car moments. We had a bit of incredible safety car inside of the safety car B roll. Um, oh yeah. Bert Mylander, the guy who drives the safety car, just vibing. This man was having <laughs> a day. He was so happy. That was incredible. And then as well, so we've said Chucko won the race, which he did win the race. But like a hundred yards after crossing the checkered flag, the team, he, there's a team right down. They're like, stop the car, stop the car. He pulls over to the side. Car's dead. <laughs> car's dead. Barely made it through the GP. So he gets a ride back. It's very funny. He gets a ride back to where they park the cars who place on the podium. And there's just like the middle spot, which is his spot, totally empty. Because he's just, he gets dropped off like around the corner, basically, by the safety car. As though he's like a middle schooler who like doesn't want their friends to see (laughs) that their mom dropped them off. Yeah, no, that was, it was funny. So let's, let's move on a little bit to Our end result for the race today, so Sergio Perez, Checo, took first place. Um, uh, Like we'd mentioned, there were two crashes during this race. The second one with Max Verstappen crashing out with almost three laps left to go in the race resulted in the race being red flagged and having a full restart. And, you know, Lewis Hamilton had been fighting to get back up to the top in the front of the grid uh, after being second at the start of the race and then falling behind. During the race restart, he was in second place right behind Checo, poised, ready to to overtake Checo and win, win the Grand Prix. But he didn't. He braked too late, slid out, and was unable to maintain his position and essentially got back to the, uh, the back of the grid, which resulted in a very exciting two-lap finish of the race where we had Checo in first, holding first position, followed by Mr. Seb Vettel, um, which for a second during the race, he was leading. It was very exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Seb Vettel, who he 
transition from Ferrari to Aston Martin, this is the best positioning he's had so far. And then it was a battle for third between Charles Chuck Leclerc and our boy, Mr. Backwards Cap, Pierre Gasly. They were just corner after corner switching positions. And Pierre held out in the end, to which he said at the end of the race, when they were interviewing him, that he had like no grip and like his gearbox was failing. And so he was just like, I just need to, I just, I just got to hold on somehow. But he did. And so we had our, our three, number one, Checo Perez, Checo, Sergio Perez, number two, Seb Vettel, um, his first podium for Aston Martin. And then number three with our boy, Pierre Gasly. And in that battle for a third, we also came very close to Lando Norris scooping both of them. Yep. Because as during the, all those corners where Pierre and Charles were swapping places, fighting for position with each other, Lando was there waiting for the opportunity as they're busy with one another and they're slowing down their pace because of that to just slide right past both of them. Unfortunately for Lando, he wasn't able to do that. He finished the race behind Charles. But... It made for a absolutely spectacular, very like last last lap, basically, of the race after, you know, it was fairly clear at that point, you know, Checo was going to win, Seb was getting second, but third was very much up for grabs until the last three corners, probably. Yeah. Which was so fun. It's been a hot second since we've really had any podium positions being that close to be sort of decided that late in the race, so... I loved it. I was so happy. And it's always fun to see some of the younger personalities of the sport who don't necessarily get to spend as much time on the podium sort of scrapping for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just a sign of what's to come for the sport, too. Um, as you know, some some of these drivers are uh, because a lot of the drivers that are coming into the sport are fairly young. So they have um, a longer, hopefully, fingers crossed, a longer time in the sport a longer tenure so i think this is just the beginning of what like the leclerc gasly norris kind of rivalry battles are going to be like in the future there's a couple other circuits on the calendar or potentially on the calendar that might be similar in terms of lots of overtaking they're not all street circuits the way that baku is but for instance, if we do end up actually getting a Shanghai, a Chinese GP, which they're considering putting back on the calendar now that we are tragically not going to Singapore, which we will cover more in This Week in Racing. But if we go to Shanghai, that track is fairly similar. There's lots of overtaking there. Monza, there's usually lots of overtaking. We'll be in Monza in September. That's in last season. That's where Pierre Gasly got his first ever podium. So Monza is always a fun race. It was really great last year, even in the midst of COVID. Albert Park, the Australian GP in Melbourne is usually also pretty fun. We'll be going there late in the year this year. Usually Melbourne is the first race of the year, but this season because of COVID protocols, they were delayed. So that one could also be pretty interesting. And then I'm interested about the USGP this year, not in the least because we'll be there, um, <laughs> but I'm hopeful that that race will also be a pretty good one. I think it tends to be at least more, less processional than some of the races on the calendar. Yeah. Everyone loves overtaking. So they, cause it makes a race exciting. So we always want to look forward to, to tracks that are going to offer that kind of a show. But overall, overall, Baku was a great day for the Mexican Tom Cruise. Awesome day for Scientology. Um, <laughs> um, uh, 
I honestly, to be honest, watching that, that podium ceremony, everyone was just so happy. And I think my favorite part about not only the, the podium sitters, because I think it's so exciting to see, see new faces up there. It's the fact that every, each podium sitter went and like congratulated each other's teams. Like Mm -hmm. the Red Bull team was obviously very excited for Checo, but they're also excited because Pierre is there and who was part of their team as well. Um, you know, Aston Martin has Seb Bettel, who this is his first time getting a podium for Aston Martin, first podium for the team for the season under the Aston Martin branding because they were formerly Racing Point. Um, and everyone was just super excited. And like, e- even when they stepped away, like they came back and like were giving fist bumps and high fives and hugging each other again. And like even other drivers who weren't on the podium were coming up and congratulating all three race drivers and it was just it was super cool i think i loved the fact that checo because he had to get an uber over to to the to, <laughs> to to the area he like ran down the line and gave everyone high fives at, as he was coming in like it was just like the energy was there and it was so exciting and yeah i i definitely really enjoyed this race and it will be one that i think in our future commentary and other seasons will definitely reflect on. I would also like to give a shout out as we commended him for last week for being a class act after the disaster that was Monaco for him. I think Charles again just showed a lot of like, I don't know, a really nice energy that I really like after the race. The very first person that Charles congratulated was Pierre, which I thought was really nice given that of course, you know, were it not for Pierre, uh, it would have been him on that podium. So I thought that was very sweet. He congratulated Seb, who was his old teammate at Ferrari. So yeah, I just thought that was really sweet and like a, just such a nice gesture. I just like, you know, it's a competitive sport and there are drivers who don't like one another, but I like when they play nice. Yeah, too. absolutely. Absolutely. I think they just there's so many B-roll moments during this this race that I love a good package. A little montage is going to be put together at some point. Well, and I would say, you know, I love a red flag for the excitement of a race. (laughs) But arguably, I love a red flag even more for all of the extra driver B-roll we get. Yes. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss in general. We had some primo B-roll moments from this race, I would say. We did. Even First before. Of which, oh, go Yeah, ahead. even before. Well, yeah. No, Kennedy hit us with. Yeah, because we had one that we all commented on in our group chat even <laughs> prior to the red flag because oh it took us all we aback, to, I think. We need to insert like the audio of us talking about it. I think I might have it. So Lance Stroll, he experienced a crash. And and so in our group chat, we're watching. We're watching Men the. Uh, also, we were talking about how uh, Lance Stroll. Honestly, that B-roll did numbers for us. Yeah, Lance, I mean, like, sorry that you DNF'd Lance, but, like, he's looking hot. Oh, look, oh, we just got the same text. (laughs) I just texted. Also, why does Lance's profile look kind of ruggedly handsome talking to his engineer? Like, the sweaty looks way better on him than I've ever seen it before. Lance Stroll talking to his race engineer. We just had that side profile with, like, his little messy hair moment that all three of us just recognized <laughs> whoever's doing Lance's eyebrows deserves a raise. <laughs> like, they look 
impeccable. In the past, I have uh, I have bemoaned the fact that he is gifted with naturally beautifully thick, full, gorgeous eyebrows in the sense that they're such a canvas to be something more. And heretofore, I think he hasn't really been taking full advantage uh, of them. You know, I think there's more there's more to see out of those mm, eyebrows. Mm. And I don't know who's doing them now or if it's like a I don't know if he has a partner who's like helping out. But Lance, the eyebrows are killing it lately. Absolutely. They look spectacular. Absolutely. It was incredible. Yeah, we saw that piece of B-roll, which was just enlivening uh, to me. Yeah. As well as immediately afterwards, Lawrence Stroll, who is the owner of the Aston Martin team, but also Lance's dad, came over to check on him, understandably, after such a crash. And they had, it was like a, it was like, I guess, a cute father-son moment, but like the shot was way too long afterwards where like Lawrence kind of like came up, like patted Lance on the shoulder. I think Lance, you know, gave him like a word or two of like, yeah, I'm fine. And then Lawrence goes to walk away. And it's just, they just sat on this shot of Lawrence Stroll walking away. Um, it was a back shot. Back into the pit garage. And yeah, it's just like this unflattering <laughs> angle with like maybe not the greatest uh, apparel choices from Lawrence. And like, I was just, there was actual racing going on at that moment. So the choice to linger on this 10 second shot of Lawrence Stroll's ass was something <laughs> else. I just don't know about the production there. I'd love to ask. <laughs> yeah, I really want to know. But in terms of red flag, red flag B-roll, though, a couple highlights for me, I would say. Uh, as always, Carlos signs. Mm. He wasn't sweating last week when he, when he podiumed in Monaco. He was sweating this week, though. So we had a little bit of like a messy hair moment while he drank some water. Lando, honestly. Lando got a haircut. Ooh, that's what it is. It's a good haircut. It's it's not. What did he say? It's not a fade. It's a taper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fade because he's like, I've had the same haircut forever. And my friend's friend is a hair barber, dresser, whatever, and asked if they could cut my hair. And I was like, yeah, sure. And they wanted to do something a little different. And so they gave him a taper. Mm. Well, it's really working. We're starting to get it, Lando gals. We get we're starting, starting to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, when the season started, it's kind of like honestly, honestly, I'm gonna be honest here, it's sort of like the Pierre Gasly slow burn. Like if you'd asked me in twenty nineteen, like my thoughts on Pierre, I was like, Yeah, he's fine. I like not even if you were asking my thoughts as a driver, like literally if you're asking my thoughts uh visually, I would have been like, Yeah, I mean he's pretty, like it's fine. And then like Slowly, I began to be seduced by him. I, it's not to say that it has happened with Lando, but like I could sense it potentially trending in that direction. Oh, a little love laugh, Lando. Um, I can't take credit for that. There, there's uh, some some friendlies of the pod that that's in their Instagram bio, and so that's so shout out twelve shout out of out ten to two girls. Um, that's incredible. But. <laughs> But honestly, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, however, being a woman of a certain age, um, it makes me a bit uncomfortable. Um, I like <laughs> Lando's yeah, my brother's age. Be, and... I don't think I could be a true Lando fan mm-hmm, girl, mm-hmm. like the way I am of uh, Carlos. But like, 
I just like to take that long pause before every time because at this point it's becoming a joke how often I talk about him. But yeah, like I don't think I could be like really go in on that uh, mm. particular. Mm-hmm. My favorite. Okay, sorry. This is this is where we're like sort of pushing ourselves over into social media um, discussions here. But my favorite is uh, I have fallen into a deep TikTok Formula One hole. But specific, it's specific, for whatever reason, because I follow McLaren on TikTok, it's all Lando girls. They're all like between 15 and 19 years old. And they're, they're like strutting their stuff being like me walking up to Lando Norris, you know, on the track. And they're just like strutting their stuff like in full suits, like full outfits. I, the dedication and commitment to the vision that they have for themselves is one that I got to look, give a lot of props to. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that energy. I love that. Ooh, another piece of B roll. I really enjoyed from the red flag. Actually. Okay. Three of them. I'm going to hit you with them rapid fire. Number one, we got a very serious looking Daniel Ricardo. We on the pod, he was had, in the um, zone. he'd cool. We'd cooled a little bit on our love for Daniel the last few weeks, just like, you know, we weren't quite feeling, feeling as warm and fuzzy as we had been the first few episodes uh, of this podcast. But yeah, in the zone, Daniel this week, chef's kiss. That was a great one. Uh, My second great red flag moment. We saw a posted up and posing George Russell. Mm -hmm. He was leaned back, like just power pose probably thinking about the fact that he was going to restart the race directly next to Valtteri Bottas, whose seat he will almost certainly take in Mercedes, LOL. Patiently waiting. (laughs) Our third, my third uh, red flag B-roll moment. Another chef's kiss, but also overly long shot of uh, Mr. Toto Wolf, who we saw talking to an FIA person, likely discussing tires, probably, and they were talking and he was turned like just a little bit too far away from camera. And Sophie, producer Sophie, is sitting next to me and she's like, Toto, just cheat out. Just like a little bit. Just cheat out. And in that moment, Toto then cheats out <laughs> so that we can get a little bit of a nicer profile. And I was like, we speak and Formula One the, listens. The power, the power that we have on this <laughs> podcast to make shit happened i think we just need to we need to use this power for good and not evil because yeah because yeah absolutely i think so far we're using it i mean well so far we're using it mostly exclusively for chaos which is maybe neither good nor evil but is certainly fun i mean giovanazzi didn't make it on the podium like your chaotic prediction was (laughs) but he did sort of like run into danny ricardo at the end of the race which was that's chaos That was also chaos. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted, like, someone weird on the podium, and, like, Seb counted for that, so I was jazzed. But, yeah, so those are my red flag moments, or my favorite B-roll moments. Do we want to roll into... Do we have some social media thoughts? Social media thoughts. So, yeah, I think it's it's time for some social media star of the week. I would say I don't necessarily have a star this week. I have I have some high. No points. one impressed you. Um, there there were a couple couple of Pierre Gasly moments, but obviously like I'm a PG girl, so it's fine. But um, speaking, I briefly just mentioned them. But McLaren following them on TikTok, I think 
whoever runs social media for McLaren is actually doing a fantastic job. They get their audience really well. I'm going to like put on my little like brand communications hat really quickly. They get their audience really, really well. Um, and they understand that to feed into this like fan base of material, especially given that they have a bit of a younger following with Lando, that they're like unboxed videos on YouTube and not having them just being like direct source material in a sense is essentially McLaren being like, here's the footage. You can create your own TikToks, fan cams, videos, screenshots, fan art, what have you. You know, we're just giving it to you. We may as well give you the good stuff instead of you just like making it up on your own. So I I think that McLaren... I'd like to think that that was a really strategic decision. And so I'm going to offer McLaren's TikTok, my social media star of the week. I similarly don't have like one, one driver who I like was jazzed about this week. I would give a little shout out to Carlos as part of his branding. They produces like essentially it's like kind of like unboxed, but like just Carlos signs like dicking around, like going golfing or something. And then like long, slow things of him working out with like slow-mo. In fact, it's one of those videos, which is the source of the content that that Carlos TikTok that we were enjoying last week. Uh, It's from one of those. If you don't follow us on TikTok, producer Soph, in that video, if the eye emoji were a person, it's Soph in that video. You need to go watch it. It's lights out. Incredible. Lights out. Yeah, lights out F1 pod gals on TikTok. But yeah, so like, you know, that's great. Love those love those videos for me. It's so kind of Carlos to make those videos for me and only me. But like, I don't know if it's really enough to like win him social media star of the week. A lot of people made like some mildly funny Baku puns this week in their captions. But like George had a pretty decent one, but nothing like hilarious. But you know what? I think I'm going to award my social media star of the week this week to another uh, team social admin. I'm going to give it to the Mercedes admin. Mm. They have been funny this week. There's like, they're very, they're very meme They're like, they're posting a lot of things that's like a little spicy given that that brand is, you know, been top of the championship for so long, like so venerated, et cetera, et cetera. They're like fun and flirty, you know, a little vibe wise. So I'm I'm going to give my social media star of the week to the Mercedes social admin for that. Shout out. Also, wait, can I take just one second? Is Will Buxton on vacation this week? I was just going to ask that. I've heard and seen nothing out of Will since Monaco. So I think, do, do you, I mean, given his post that he made, I think it was this week, about his anxiety attack. Oh. I could see him probably oh, taking a week off. Yeah, he might have taken some time. Oh no, Will. I hope he's okay. Yeah. I hope he's okay. Yeah. We are sending our best wishes to Mr. Buxton. We love you very much. Because he would have wait. loved this race. He's the he conductor of the Alphatari hype train, Pierre Gasly hype train. And Yuki as well. Yuki did so well this week too. I'm sure he was watching along at home. We do wish him the very best. Can't wait to see him back in the paddock. Will had posted on his social media earlier this week that he had a pretty serious anxiety attack. And he thanked the NHS uh, for being there for him. 
but I think it's we're under the understanding that he probably took some time to, to recover from that. Um, and we wish him all the best. All right, so this week in news, just wrapping up today. So we received an announcement that due to COVID restrictions, the Singapore Grand Prix is no longer on the calendar. As Kate lightly mentioned, I know it's so devastating. That's such a cool race. And, you know, if you've read Throttled, it's where the parties happen. Um, (laughs) um, But it's it's such a cool, exciting race. It's, It's like known for being like, the hottest race of the year because of like a thousand percent humidity it's at nighttime it's a really awesome street circuit but due to COVID restrictions um we are not going to be having that this season which is heartbreaking Um, we'll just have to wait one more season because it didn't happen last year either up for change or possibly just removal from the calendar anyway um, is a possible, Kate mentioned earlier on the pod, a possible Shanghai China Grand Prix and or Turkey. But Turkey was also in consideration to be a replacement for for the Canadian Grand Prix. And they too had to pass on that due to COVID. So I don't really know, maybe because of the timing, um, that race was intended to take place in the beginning of October. Maybe because of the timing it would be better, but to be determined... And then the final track up for consideration, which I mean would delight our hearts, uh, is a possible second USGP. Which is very interesting. And I wonder if I wonder if they mean like a double header, like two weekends in a row in the US or if they would like go to the US, go elsewhere and then come back. Because I assume they are talking about two USGPs in Austin. I mean, yeah, that's the track because... Miami's not the infrastructure is not there to move up the Miami contract so yeah I just wondered if they were gonna go or could potentially go to Detroit because they used to race they used to do F1 in Detroit as well Mm, possibly possibly and I don't know I don't know if that was like a street circuit or what I just Mm -hmm. but I think the within the week they'll likely determine an alternative location but yeah Mm -hmm. so that's or potentially cancel outright given that we did have a lot of race I mean this was a 23 race calendar originally yeah which is is a little bit long for a regular f1 season so. yeah it would be fair of them to to cancel outright interesting but yeah so that's that's the only bit of news that i really have i guess the only other thing i could say and it's just because we like him um seb vettel one driver of the day today and Yay, that's always Seb. nice. And he was he, he was just, oh, I'm so excited for him. I'm really happy for him. I, I really hope that today is just a sign of what's to come for him in this next chapter of his career with Aston Martin. Absolutely. So this has been the Azerbaijan Baku GP. The next one was going to be Turkey, but Turkey was canceled, mm-hmm. um, if you recall, due to COVID restrictions in Turkey. So now our next GP coming up is going to be the French GP with with Roman Grosjean, noted back. IndyCar daddy, as uh, as we've referred to him. <laughs> we call him a daddy or a zaddy. I can't remember. I think it was a zaddy. IndyCar zaddy. IndyCar zaddy, Roman Grosjean, making an appearance at the French GP. Just Real quick, I I just want to say congrats, ladies. This is our 10th episode. Woo! 
Oh, in honor of our 10th episode and the upcoming French GP, I'd really like to put all of our manifestation powers into this. And if possible, if Ciro Beatable could make it to the French GP, I would really <gasps> appreciate that. Zero. Zero Beatable, oh, former team principal for Renault, now known as Alpine. Um, yeah, if Zero, please come back. <laughs> if Zero can just make an appearance, just to, just just even one shot of B roll would oh my God. solve some of the hole in my heart since he left. Yes, manifest. 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 We'll light candles later. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my, it's like a prayer candle, like the kind that has like saints on it, but it's just cereal. <laughs> this is my cereal candle. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. With that being said, we'll catch you at the French GP. You've been listening to Lights Out.